0: Hello, I'm Marco Zaza, and I'm David Zaza. This is Conchitina Died and Other Stories of the East Side. Over the years, whenever our family was gathered around the dining table, I would tell stories about growing up on the east side of Youngstown, Ohio. These are fond memories of my youth of my Italian immigrant parents, and of the shared experiences of family. I hope that some of the pleasure and the sense of the past that I get from telling them comes through in this podcast.
1: If our last episode had me thinking about my parents as young adults, newly married and setting off on their journey together, this week's episode brings us more or less into the present. Marco and Marie are in their 80s. They've been enjoying retirement with nearby family and friends. Now, friendships that last decades, or pick back up to an active status after decades, are rare and special. And in our conversation this week, my dad and I talk a bit about how the closest of those friendships can sometimes morph themselves into, quote, family. In any case, it's wonderful that seemingly cosmic connections between people can still surprise us, at any age.
0: Enduring Friendship, Parallel Lives, Part 2 In May of 2003, Marie retired, and in July of 2003, I retired. That October, we relocated to Wilmington, North Carolina, to spend our retirement years in a warmer climate and to be near the ocean. With the exception of one brief visit with Anthony alone as he passed through our town in Ohio while on a business trip, we had not seen Anthony and Judy for almost 39 years. Upon our move to Wilmington, Marie and I were renting an oceanfront apartment as we waited for our new home to be completed. And in order to minimize the possibility of not receiving our mail, we were temporarily using Marie's sister's address for our mail and so our Christmas cards that year went out to all our friends with that return address. The pianists sent us a card to our old Ohio address, and it was returned to them. In the meantime, they received our card with the De Silva return address. Anthony, assuming that we lived at that address, called information and asked for the phone number for Marco Zaza in Wilmington, North Carolina. When told there was no listing in that name, he gave the operator the address on our card and was told that address was listed to Eugene de Silva and gave Anthony the phone number. When he called the de Silva house, Anthony said he was trying to locate Marco Zaza and my brother-in-law explained that we were staying in Carolina Beach and he gave Anthony our phone number at the rental. When Tony called, Marie answered and I guessed from Marie's side of the conversation that it was him. I remember it was December 16th, Marie's birthday and although I was perplexed as to how he figured out where we were, I assumed this was the yearly Christmas call. He explained to me how he knew we had moved and how he obtained our phone number. Preparing to rub it in about the cold northern weather he and Judy were having in New York, while Marie and I were walking on the beach, I asked about the weather up north. He replied it was pretty good, but changed the subject by asking me if I was sitting down, because he had some news to give me. He and Judy had also retired in 2003, and then had moved to Little River, South Carolina. They, too, had temporarily rented a beachfront apartment, and they had just moved into their new home in October. Little River happens to be exactly 55 miles from Wilmington. After all these years, we were about one hour's drive away from each other. We were astounded. As we immediately started planning a get-together... We suddenly realized that as retired people, we could do it anytime. Anthony's exact words were, Why not today? Maria and I couldn't think of one good reason why we shouldn't, and so we got in our car and headed for Little River. The coincidental details of our parallel lives range from the big things, like our wedding and retirement dates, to the small. I was not surprised when we pulled into Anthony and Judy's drive in our black Toyota Camry that afternoon in December 2003 to see a black Toyota Camry parked in their garage too. Our lives truly had run on a parallel course. Our reunion was a joyous occasion, filled with hugs and tears of happiness to again be with our dear friends. And since that first reunion we have visited many times and even celebrated our anniversaries together a trip to Charleston one year, and a dinner together here in Wilmington another year. The early years of our lives, filled with child-rearing, making ends meet, moving to disparate places, and the distance this put between us had separated us. But the bonds of friendship we had formed in 1962 were strong indeed, and it seems we have picked up right where we had left off in 1964. ¶¶
1: So, all four of you retired in 2003 and moved south. Yes, that's what we did. And that's why I call these stories Enduring Friendships
0: and Parallel Lives. Because it seems like Tony and Judy and Marie and I did things in a parallel line. We became friends. We both moved away from New York City. And we both moved south to be near a warmer climate. And we both drove black
1: Camry Toyotas. <laughs> right. They have children. They have two children. Are they the st- same age as Stephanie and I? Yeah, they're probably in the Similar. same age group. Now they found you through calling the De Silva house when when you were listing that as your as your right. address, even though you were staying at a rented condo, right? Elsewhere, and so you got together the very same day. We did. He said, "How about today?" And we said, "Okay." Now, am I remembering correctly, you saw Tony once in the intervening years when he was on a business trip and driving through Ohio. Am I remembering that was on Garden View and I was there?
0: I think you were. He was renting a car at the airport. I met him at Uncle Jerry's bar on Belmont Avenue, the Shadows Lounge. You were reunited there. We, yeah, and we were reunited a, at yeah. the bar and we had a drink or yeah. whatever. And then he followed me home. But he was alone. He was on a business trip. Yeah. When we get together these days, we still have lots to talk about. Although Tony seems to dwell on our time in the service, me not so much.
1: It's hard to not talk about the past when you're seeing an old friend. Yeah. Joe Catullo and I still talk about the past. But you also talk about the present. Oh, yes. So, yes. I mean, that's an enduring friendship of a different level. Yes.
0: That's a lifelong
1: friendship from childhood. And a a more shared experience. I mean, you and Tony have a lot in common, but it's not the same story. No,
0: because my parents and Joe Catullo's parents were all born in Italy, married in Italy, and came to the United States as immigrants, whereas Tony's parents were American-born. And he was raised in Italian traditions, but with a more Americanized viewpoint.
1: In New York. In New York. So he's like... An Italian-American, raised in an Italian-American household, whereas right. you were raised in an Italian household in America. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yes. That makes... There's that a cultural difference. That's exactly
1: difference. the way to put it. Well, I mean, of course, it's generational. Diane and I talked about this a little bit, too, in terms of how things repeat down generations, but they always change a little bit. And so, yes. you know, his experience would be more like my experience, because I was born to parents who were born here. Right but i have plenty of the italian tradition and all of that because stuff because we try about to maintain family. some of them
0: we continue to do some of the things that our parents
1: did for the holidays etc and not even just that
0: even some of uh,
1: our ideas well and and even just the way stories get passed down through families and even the closeness physical closeness and emotional closeness of a family that has just immigrated somewhere that's right to then spreading out because that's happened in our family as well yes my, you know in we're my, all over the place in in your childhood you were one single tight unit exactly in my childhood it was four or five tight units together in one town with a lot of overlap and and hanging out together as family But now the generation that comes after mine, I don't have any children, but my cousins do. We're all spread out. And I don't even know some of their kids.
0: That's right. Things change. And we try to maintain some of those.
1: We we try to maintain the traditions
0: that we had Mm -hmm. growing up in the Italian families. And my children had growing up near my brothers and sisters. But you can't stop time. And you can't stop change. No. No.
1: But it's also a very typical, I think, twenty first century idea of in a in a shift of what family is. Yes. And you know, from seeing my life in New York, that I have family around me. They're just my friends' family. Right. You know, it's my right. my close friends. I had Bill and Aiden who acted as parental figures to me when I first got to New York. Then a, a group of friends that expanded outward from that. But I have. The equivalent of nieces and nephews they're just children of friends and not, yes not children of siblings obviously one of the main themes of this podcast is family but we've had these few stories two about joe cotullo and two about actually more than two about tony piana because there was the in the army story and then the enduring friendship stories It's interesting to me that your social life over the years when I was growing up was more or less based on family. Absolutely. And that there were not so many just friends outside of the family. Your friends were... If I think back on our time that
0: when we were raising you and Stephanie, Joe and Sue Cotullo were our closest friends. And I don't want to say they were our only friends because we did have other friendships But they were more like family friends than anyone else in our lives. We did many things together with them at
1: their home, at our home. And they're people that, for all intents and purposes, are family. Yes. In that even their daughters call you and mom to this day, Aunt Marie and Uncle Uncle Mark. Uncle Mark, yes, they do. There is another couple that I'm thinking of that you maybe reunited with a little later. Though I don't think you were ever as close to them as you were to Tony and Judy, the Millishes. Well,
0: the Millishes were our next-door neighbors when we lived in Cuyahoga Falls. Kay and Mike Millish cared for Stephanie when Mom was in the hospital giving birth to you. They were wonderful friends and neighbors. We were living in a strange place. And except for the Lou Vickerels, who also lived in Cuyahoga Falls, we really didn't know too many people. After we moved from Cauga Falls, we did try to keep in touch with the militias, with Mike and Kay, and they actually were at our farewell party when we moved to North
1: Carolina. Interesting, too, that in discussing this, you mentioned the Vicarels. And, you know, it can be noted that the Vicarels themselves are no relation to us directly. There are now Vicarels because your sister married one. Right. Their two children, obviously. Our vicarels who are our blood relations. But we used to be invited to the vicarel reunions and big holidays and everything spent with people again that I called aunt and uncle. Yes. Who were not my aunt and uncle.
0: Lou and Kay vicarel who lived in Cuyahoga Falls and who helped us look for a place to live when we just when we moved to Cuyahoga Falls. But the Lou and Kay Vickerell were more like family to us than anyone else because in Youngstown, Ohio, Aunt Martha was the closest thing that we had because after my mother passed away, we were never, I was never really that close to my father.
1: Right, and these people were her direct in-laws. Right, they were the sister, Martha, the brother, Martha was the
0: sister-in-law to, Lou, to uh, Lou Vickerell. Martha's husband, of course, was Joe Vickerell. Lou and Kay treated us like family. Lou would send his boys over, who were young teenagers, to cut our grass. They would call and invite us for coffee in the evenings. And they would come to our house occasionally for coffee. There was a sense of family between Lou and Kay and Mom and I. I think I missed them a lot when we moved from, when we left Cuyahoga Falls. Because I was, I always thought I was close to Uncle Joe's, Vicarel's sister, Doris, but actually, she lived in Cleveland, Ohio, and I was not that close with her. She was very tight with Aunt
1: Martha. Right. So, and maybe that familiarity. Right. Because, because especially she was close friends with Martha when you were very young.
0: Right, and she was around a lot, and so I felt close to her, but I don't think it was really the same closeness that I felt with Lou Vicarel.
1: Which really, that does cross the family and friend divide in a certain way, that in fact Doris might have been more like family, and Lou more like your own friend.
0: That's true. Doris was more like family because she spent a lot of time at our house, and Martha spent a lot of time at the Vickrell home. And I can remember a story that Martha told when they were, both she and Doris were in high school and my mother would not allow Martha to wear lipstick. So she would leave home without lipstick in the morning, go up to Doris's, put on lipstick there, and Doris's mother would make her take it off because she knew that my mother would not allow Martha to have it. So there was a closeness, and Martha would do what she said,
1: whatever Mrs. Vickerell said. So that's the way it was. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) There's good stuff in there in terms of family versus friends. Certainly the Vickerells play that role in our family. They are a great cross between... Family, but they're not really our family and friends. They're not family by
0: blood, but they're family by choice.
1: Yeah, exactly. Nice way to put it. (laughs) The stories and memories on Conchitina died are all Marco Zaza's. Next week, we pick back up with the immigration stories of my grandparents, who all came to the U.S. from Molfetta, Italy. In the next episode, Marco tells us about his father's immigration, with its ups and downs and backs and forths, and a few good naps to tide him over. So get some rest, Marco, and I'll talk to you next week.